Andrew, happy Wednesday. Uh, but it's not any Wednesday. No. Today is Ash Wednesday. And you know it's Ash Wednesday because uh, yesterday was Fat Tuesday, or so my Facebook timeline has told me. That's right. Um, all over Facebook, there was events for, um, uh, mostly by bars, uh, for Fat Tuesday drink specials or Mardi Gras uh, parties. Um, and that's sort of like... Um, Almost like a cultural holiday in Omaha, which is a fairly Catholic town, um, that Fat Tuesday, everyone kind of just goes crazy. And then Ash Wednesday sort of inaugurates this Lent season in which you sort of abstain from alcohol or some sort of comfort food or whatever it is. But I think the history of uh, of Lent and Ash Wednesday goes much further back. And that's exactly what you've written about uh, for our blog. And so maybe you could enlighten us a little bit and just give us a brief history of this holiday that is, um, I think, in our cultural time associated with Roman Catholicism. But you say it goes back a little further. Yeah. So I think that is, uh, I think for the average person at Providence, uh, we probably think of Ash Wednesday service uh, or the Lenten season as a whole as kind of a, a Roman Catholic thing or just maybe even an old traditional church um, holiday or practice or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think historically Lent uh, goes further back, and uh, I think most people trace it to maybe the 4th or 5th century, where the church actually started to really celebrate the season of Lent, which at its core uh, is the 40 days leading up to uh, Good Friday and Easter Sunday specifically. And this season uh, of about six weeks is a season of preparation and repentance. So the church has used these few weeks leading up to Easter weekend uh, to really see ourselves rightly, um, to remember kind of who we are, our sinfulness, but also to kind of fix our eyes on uh, Jesus as not only the one who rose again, but the one who had to die for our sins. And so uh, we'll get to kind of that uh, in a little bit. But historically, uh, again, the church has observed this before we even had the, the Roman Catholic and Protestant kind of divide. So I think for a lot of us, we think, well, if the church did this, you know, in the fourth or fifth century, this is kind of a, a Roman Catholic thing. And we've kind of started in, you know, the 15, 1600s, whatever. Um, but I think it's important to notice that for the church, our history um, is also this early church history. And so what, what the church was doing back in the third, fourth, fifth centuries is, is our history, too. And so this isn't just a, a ritualistic practice um, that maybe some Roman Catholics or some Lutherans or some other traditional um, faiths or denominations hold to. Um, this is really our history. And so what we wanted to do was basically just highlight the season of Lent and uh, maybe encourage some people to to practice this, maybe for the first time, because I think for a lot of us, um, you know, I know that if we see this as more of a traditional church thing, uh, we don't really like to you know, verge on legalism or old traditions or rituals or whatever. And so we kind of push against some of this. But I think that this actually has uh, a purpose for us today even. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely in that camp. I'm going to – I am I think I'm going to practice Lent this year, and it's my first time yeah. ever sort of doing that. Yeah. And so we'll see. See how it goes. We'll see what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, speaking of the 4th century church, what would you say were some of their purposes like for this historically? Like why why this instead of um, something else? Yeah, so uh, one of the main purposes that we, we kind of find in the early church of the season of Lent is um, really this idea of fasting in order to um, 
kind of allow yourself a couple things to allow yourself to be united with Christ in his 40 day fasting and his suffering and in his ministry. Um, but also the purpose of fasting at its core is really to help us long for Christ more. And so I think that's the season of, of fasting and the season of Lent uh, really does two things historically. And I think also um, it's two things today for us as well. Um, and that is that that first, what we want to do in celebrating Lent is we want to remember kind of our state. We want to remember our lowliness and our need for a Savior. And so on Ash Wednesday, you, you maybe have seen coworkers or, or people around kind of have, you know, dirt on their foreheads and they have these ashes that they've been given. Yeah. Uh, and although that may seem weird to us, the significance of that is to remind us uh, of in Genesis 3 where uh, it says, you know, we are from dust and to dust we shall return, that that's kind of the, the lowliness of us and um, that in our sin uh, we remember in this season um, the great need that we have. However, it's not only just remembering kind of our lowliness and our state, but we also look forward to Easter weekend. We look forward to um, that we don't just have to remember our state, but we actually get to turn towards the Savior who uh, Jesus comes uh, and enters into our lowly state. He puts on flesh in the incarnation. He humbles himself even to the point of the cross where he takes our guilt and our shame. And so these 40 days and our fasting and our kind of fixing our eyes on um, Easter weekend, what we're doing is we're kind of building this longing in our heart for Good Friday, which we celebrate Jesus dying on the cross to take our guilt and shame, and then Easter Sunday, where we find out we have a Savior who is vindicated, and he is uh, risen, and he's victorious over sin and death, and he exalts us to a new place with him. And so um, I think historically and for today, those are kind of the purposes that we have in Lent, is that um, we're remembering and we're repenting, uh, which is leading us to Easter weekend, where hopefully it kind of ignites a sense of, of worship after we've spent a season of, of focusing on these things. Mm. I think that's so good, um, especially to, um, yeah, to sort of submit yourself to, uh, I guess, putting away some comforts. Um, it kind of reveals like a mask. It's like a physical manifestation of your own desire. Um, and so I, I, I think for me, that's what I'm most excited if you can be excited about that is to um to experience your faith in like a new way not just mentally but actually physically um sort of longing for whatever it is comfort food or um words of affirmation or whatever it is um and sort of denying yourself those things so that you can remember christ entering into that disparity and longing uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's pretty cool. And I think we're so often um, just quick to mask those feelings, right? Like um, to be in the church today is to be um, happy. Yep. And the way that we get through our sadness and despair is, you know, by playing faster songs or singing louder. Um, but I don't think that that has to be the case. I think Jesus enters into suffering with us, um, yeah. so to speak. Wow. Yeah, and I do think that, that that's important. I think you know, we don't really follow much of the the church calendar and all of its different, you know, feasts and fasts and time periods. But one of the nice things about Lent is that it is a built-in season of 
of remembering that, of remembering our our lowliness and our need for a savior. Um, you know, these forty days or the six weeks leading up to Easter uh, is just a helpful time to kind of slow down and and in a sense, like you said, kind of force yourself to feel some of those things or force yourself to recognize um, your frailty or your sinfulness mm-hmm. or just how how desperately we do need God, which, like you said, is just. We just don't like thinking about that. We don't like feeling that. I, don't, I think for many of us, we don't like the feeling of uh, desperation for anything. And so, uh, yeah. and which is unfortunate that we kind of translate that into not really even liking to feel our desperation for God. And so mm-hmm. just a season of fasting um, and devoting yourself to thinking about why Jesus actually had to come and die on the cross, I think is a, is a helpful and humbling part of our Christian life. And so I, I do think for the, the person who maybe is listening to this and they've never practiced Lent, it seems like an old tradition. Maybe it seems legalistic to have to give up something for 40 days or whatever that is. Um, I would just encourage, like you said, Gabe, to to reconsider this as not a, a legalistic thing. I, I don't think we see in the Bible a command that you have to practice Lent. But I think there is a wisdom to taking opportunities to rightly orient your mind and your heart towards the thing of God, towards the things of God. And I think this Lenten season is essentially an opportunity for us to really focus in on our need for a Savior so that on Good Friday um, we see that properly. Our hearts are, are recognizing that need. And then on Easter Sunday, we can kind of explode with joy and worship that our Savior didn't just remain dead, that we don't remain in that lowly state. But it kind of makes those things pop, not just like an ordinary Sunday, but our hearts have been so reoriented to desiring this Savior who could come, die, but also raise again and unite us with him. Um, it just allows us to to experience that, I think, in even greater ways. And so, um, so yes, yeah, so I think I would really encourage people to at least, you know, try it. You know, I know that it's Ash Wednesday already and we're kind of starting uh, today, but I think that, that those two things of, of using this season to remember our state and to repent and actually turn towards Christ uh, will be very helpful for us, uh, not as a legalistic thing, but just as a, a, a way to, in wisdom, use this season to its full advantage. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And with that, um, you've written out some very practical ways that we can uh, maybe go about this, especially if like you're um, deciding last minute to like hop on this and to um, to participate in this sort of exercise, um, which I think are really helpful. Um, so yeah, could you walk us through those real quick? Yeah, absolutely. So in the in the blog, if you want to go look at it, I list out four different things. So I'll just quickly uh, highlight these. The the first two are actually. Um, somewhat similar in this idea of fasting. And so if this is your first time, just so you know, historically, uh, what the practice has been is a 40-day fast of something. And so you could choose um, to fast from a certain type of food. You could choose to fast from social media. You could choose to fast from any sort of practice that you routinely do day in and day out. And the purpose is not just to have one less thing in your life, but the purpose is to really replace that with a uh, a desire and a longing for God. So just like maybe you would drink coffee every morning, uh, instead of waking up, getting that cup of coffee, you would wake up and hopefully uh, either pray or devote yourself to seeing your need for, for God. So it's not just a way to 
get healthy in 40 days by giving up a bad habit, but it really is replacing it with, um, with prayer, with meditation, with kind of focusing on God. So that's kind of the historic practice. Now, if that seems intimidating to anybody, uh, I did throw in another option for fasting, uh, which is maybe you do it on like a weekly basis. So maybe um, one day a week, instead of fasting from something big, you know, for 40 days, maybe, you know, every Wednesday, um, you just do a, a day fast. So you just don't eat from, you know, sun up to sundown or something. And just for one day, instead of eating meals, you just devote yourself to prayer, to reading, um, something like that. Maybe it's, you know, one day a week, you shut off your phone, maybe on Sunday. We you know where you're not at work, you're not doing something else, you just shut your phone off, you don't go on social media, uh, and you just spend time with family, you read, you pray, um, and you kind of uh, use that time to just reorient your heart and mind. So I think that's another good uh, option, especially for somebody who's maybe never done this before. It's a very attainable kind of goal to kind of set. So that's kind of the first option of, of fasting. Uh, the next one I give uh, is, again, historically, the church has primarily used this as a season of fasting. But we've also uh, seen different stories of using Lent uh, as a way to practice generosity or what yeah. the old church called almsgiving. And uh, to see this as Good Friday uh, and the story of the gospel is you know, the greatest act of generosity in human history that God would give up his son, that Jesus would give up his life and that they, you know, generously give the spirit, you know, to the, be the presence of God and all believers, uh, just a, a complete act of other centered generosity. And so, uh, one potential practice, uh, might just be, uh, you thinking about how for the next six weeks you can live generously. And so, uh, I said in here, maybe it's, you just set an amount of money where each week you want to, to give to somebody in need, or you want to try and keep your eyes set on, on seeing something in your life where you can be generous towards, or maybe, um, you set a plan where once a week you invite somebody else into your home and you make a meal for them and you show hospitality and generosity with time and food and, uh, and just being other centered, asking good questions, caring for somebody else. And so, um, that would be another practice of just modeling and seeing, um, your need for God's generosity and you giving that to somebody else. So that's another practice. Lastly, uh, the last one that I recommended is using this season, these few weeks, um, to really focus on the life of Jesus and maybe doing that through uh, the reading of the Gospels. And so, Gabe, you actually brought this up to me of potentially either um, reading through, you, maybe you pick one Gospel for the next six weeks and you just slowly work your way through it and just see the life and ministry of Jesus, which culminates in um, the death and resurrection of Jesus. Or maybe you try to you know read through all four and you read big chunks of these Gospels um, and through six weeks you read all four Gospels and just get a vision and a picture of what Jesus came to do. Um, now, you don't have to do the Gospels. You could kind of pick anything, but I think that's a good uh, way of, of not seeing Lent as just fasting just from something in your life, but really the other side of that is devoting yourself to um, to prayer, to scripture, to, to actually focusing on Jesus. So that's another option. Again, I think more than picking one specific thing that, uh, that we all need to do, I think that the focus of this, the heart behind it, is that we would remember our state before God and that we would repent and turn to him. And so whichever one of those uh, sounds attainable for you, sounds worshipful for you, um, yeah, I would encourage you to, to try something this year. Even if you don't do it perfectly, um, any chance we can get to kind of focus our eyes on Christ and our need for him uh, will be helpful and I think worshipful. Mm, that's good. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for, um, for this. I know... Um, yeah, this is just a neat thing for me, and I'm sure a lot of other people in our church. And um, 
yeah, I think that you've given a voice to um, just how we can maybe start to think about this in a way that um, that is helpful for us in our formation into the image of Christ. That way we can love him more and glorify him even more. Um, yeah, and so, absolutely. yeah, thank you so much. And um, if you have any Lent practices that you're going to uh, participate in, we'd love to hear about those. Feel free to shoot us an email at blogs at providenceomaha.org. Um, but yeah, um, best of luck. And I think to close, I, I, I just want to read a prayer um, that I came across as we were studying for this. Um, and I thought it was so good. It um, it just sort of encapsulates uh, who God is and what Lent is in our response to him. And it says this. Let me pray it for us. Uh, God of all times and places, in Jesus Christ lifted up on the cross, you opened for us the path to eternal life. Grant that we, being born again of water and the Spirit, may joyfully serve you in newness of life and faithfully walk in your holy ways. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forevermore. Father, for Providence Church, would you um, be with us as we walk in unity with you? Um, Would you help us uh, to put more of our trust and obedience in Jesus and his Holy Spirit? And ultimately, we would find all of our satisfaction for our desire in Christ. In your holy name, 